Welcome back to One on One, New York's longest-running sports call-in show. Alongside Tyler Who, I'm Mike Messina, and we are joined by host of the JC and the Home Team podcast on ESPN and the notorious pink suit guy, Josh Cohen. Josh, it was great to meet you last week at UFC 268. Thank you for doing this with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it was good to see you guys. It was a great weekend and uh, a great card of fights. Like, you know, <clears throat> with all that expectation, the thing about expectations is they're rarely met. But Saturday night, man, we had some bangers in the garden. I bangers. Couldn't agree with you more. Every expectation was met. Let's start out with the eventual fight of the night, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Fireworks from the beginning with Gaethje coming out on top. How did you see that fight turning out? And did you expect it to be pound for pound from the very first minute? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we thought we were going to get a banger there. And we thought somebody might go to sleep. I had a weird feeling, and I tweeted about this um, about 10 minutes before the fight began because so many of the fights had ended inside the distance. So many fights were KOs, TKOs, et cetera, that I just had a weird feeling that this one might actually hit the over and possibly go the distance. And, um, you know, in that first round, I'm like, uh-oh, that was a bad decision on my part because it looked like AG was in a lot of trouble. He admitted he was on with Anik just yesterday, and he said um, that he doesn't know how he survived that because he was in a lot of trouble early on the first round. But that's one of those where, like, expectations were met i mean that one was just a slugfest it looked like a like a rocky movie like if it was a movie you'd say yeah that would never happen he'd go to sleep or he'd go to sleep that dude's already in the time where place doesn't exist no no chance and um instead we heard the garden like as loud as you've ever heard it for you know a combat sport um you know fight sustained i mean that place erupted several times in each of the three rounds um, that one was a classic for sure, bro. For sure. I mean, with Chandler coming to this fight, it's a clear underdog fighting against one of the best in the business in Gaethje. Like Chandler came out very aggressive. Did that surprise you a little bit? Like him avoiding the ground game and getting straight to just swinging away? Or did no. you expect that from his game plan? I mean, no, listen, I mean, you guys know it's the same thing as when it's NFL draft time. No one's going to tell you what they really want to do because if GMs and coaches tell you what they want to do, um, then other teams will make sure that they can't. So the whole idea of expecting what the game plan might be, literally people in the gym know, and very few in a fight of this magnitude, you know, like Dean Thomas, right? My co-host daily on Josh Torn, the home team, and a co-host on our Lover and the Fighter podcast, where we literally tape an episode now like once a month. We got to get better about that. Uh, Dean <laughs> fought for years. Dean, Dean coaches, still coaches, but, you know, he got Amanda ready for that title fight. They won it. He got Tyron Woodley ready for that title fight over Robbie Lawler. They won it. You don't share the game plan. And there could be misinformation or even disinformation on the internet or spread. And um, you allow that sometimes. You allow them to guess. So as far as what we expected, I expected Chandler to be aggressive. I expected Gagey to be aggressive. I thought these guys would smash and then guys would need to recover. I just was hoping they'd hit the over because that's what I told folks on Twitter. Not that anyone you know, cares what I think. But um, no, I mean, look, the whole idea of he says he wants to do this, don't listen. It's like the NFL, the NBA draft. They're never going to tell you what uh, their true intent. Why would they? Why would you tell somebody your true intentions? And they can just counter that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. What do you think is next for Michael Chandler? We, we know Gaethje's going to get the winner of Oliveira for you. But what, what do you see? We see these tweets from Chandler to Conor McGregor saying, let's go. Is that something that, that you'd like to see? Well, I mean, it's something that he would like to see. If, if you read those tweets, it's pretty obvious that Michael Chandler is lobbying, not just, you know, the court of public opinion, 
but uh, Dana, it, it seems like Connor wants that fight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, and it seems certainly like um, Chandler wants that fight. I think that would be a good one for all involved because it is a story of the guy who's the iconic great in Conor McGregor, you know, that legend, that legacy. And then the Chandler thing, which is he doesn't turn down tough fights. He's the new kid on the block and yeah, he's gotten beat, but should have won the one fight. You know what I'm saying? He did win the other, but it's so that's one that, that I think fans want to see. And I know uh, both parties want to see whether or not Dana wants to see it or not remains to be seen, but that might be one for a Connor Ian Gary card um, back in the old Dublin, Ireland. That, that would be uh, yeah. And you could do that one in a, in a football stadium, uh, a soccer stadium. You could right? you could do that one with, with 75 or 85,000 people present and uh, kind of shake things up. Yeah, that would be absolutely electric if we got to see that. But um, let's move on to another fight that happened on uh, UFC 268. Rose Namajunas retained her uh, strawweight title against Zhang Weilei. What did you see out of Weilei that was a little bit different than their first fight? Yeah, um, you know, she seemed to be in control there. And there were three rounds of the five. If memory serves me correct, there were at least two in which someone got saved by the bell. Um, Whaley had a chance, I think it was the second round where she was in full mount, but she ran out of time on the clock. I think she's a great fighter and, and I love her personality. I despise the racism that is obvious anytime she fights, whether it be Jacksonville or in New York City where you think, I mean, look, UFC crowds are notorious for chanting USA for anyone, regardless of their criminal background, their lack of patriotism, nationalism doesn't matter. She, being from China, coming out of this pandemic, is getting all the hatred and all of the ridiculous mob mentality of just, yeah, boo. Who boos her? Why? Literally, I'm yelling at the crowd. Why are you booing this woman? She is a gracious combatant. She was a deserving champion. She's a great fighter. And and Rose found a way, you know, to figure out that puzzle and win that fight. That fight could have gone either way. I mean, it was back and forth. I like them both. I feel for Wei Lee. I think that it's really, really super unfair. And, um, you know, thank God she's built with the temperament um, to understand. And, you know, even in post-fight press, she spoke about, you know, I understand that they're cheering, you know, for their, for their country woman. Um, but the reality, I mean, you can spin it that way. Are they really cheering as much for our country woman or are they just really cheering against, you know, the Chinese girl? And, and, and that's a sad reality. But let's just be honest about it. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I don't really understand the boos that were, and it was loud boos at MSG too. But Rose had phenomenal takedown defense that entire fight, stopping six out of 11 of Wei Li's takedowns. How important was it that Rose utilized her, her takedown defense in order to win this fight? I mean, you said it, right? She did exactly what she had to do to win. That one went the distance. And if some of those takedowns occur, maybe the cards are different. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Stranger things have happened. But I like both of those girls and I like them as persons, as humans and as fighters. Um, That's one, you know, that you'd say, Hey, let's do it again. But didn't seem that Dana felt that way in post fight seemed like, you know, Wei Li now consecutive losses. She may not be a deserving challenger in that, you know, competition and, and, and that, you know, for, for a third goal now, doesn't seem like that's something that's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. That's actually what I'm going to get to next. I was like, what's next for Whaley in your eyes? Because we saw that Nami Yunus is the deserving strawweight champion. She's at the top of her division. 
But obviously you just mentioned that Dana doesn't really feel that way about like Whaley getting a third chance to take on Mami Yunus. What do you think is next for her? Do you think she can eventually work her way back up to the straw weight, uh, top of the straw weight division? Or do you think there's another challenger in your eyes? I think she's going to take whatever fight they give her. But I think, you know, in 2016, when the company was sold, um, you know, when, when, when the Fertitas and Dana and company sold for $4.6 billion, by the way, shout out on return on investment. They bought that company in the year 2000 for $2 million. And then 16 years later, sold it for 4.6. People say 4 billion. I'm like, you know, Dana sat down to the radio show with us from Super Bowl Radio Row in Miami. And I said, Dana, they always say 4 billion. They don't, um, they don't mention the, the point decimal sticks there. I go, that's $600 million. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. People a lot of money. leave that off. It's a lot of money. It's, it's real money. It's real money. So when the company sold, I was in the South of France emceeing a tennis gala for my friend Patrick Moratadou, who is Serena Williams' coach. And um, Serena's there, and Serena's, um, her agent, Jill Smolder, is there. Jill's from William Morris Endeavor, you know, IMG. So I immediately said to her, at the, you know, as the gala began, I said, why would your company pay $4.6 billion for the UFC? And she said, they don't give a bleep, Josh, it's going to China. And I was like, she goes, that's it. Doesn't matter. It's going, it's going to China. If you think about it, you know, MMA, <clears throat> you don't need a basketball court. You don't need a lot of space. You don't need a football field. You can do it in confined spaces. And China's got issues, obviously, with space. This woman is a national hero. I think that she's going to wind up, when they can, bring the UFC to China and have one of these major events, and she'll be a showcase piece on that. You know, the business decision was made. Obviously, they had ESPN, I guess, lined up for broadcast and such. But <clears throat> brilliant business move in hindsight, even though Conor was no longer champion, even though at that point, um, um, Ronda was no longer champion. You're big global fixtures. So when you say what's next for her, I think it is a huge Chinese event, um, you know, to remind folks of the global standing thereof and the development thereof, because that's what the company that bought the UFC wanted to do in the first place five years ago when they did such. Josh, got a couple more minutes with you. Let's move on to the main event of the night. Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington, a rematch from 2019. Usman winning by unanimous decision. How crucial was it that Usman also stopped all of 11 of Covington's takedowns, even though Covington disagrees with, with, with those statistics? But how crucial was that? And if he were able to get those takedowns successfully, do you think Colby might have won that fight? Yeah, I mean, Colby had chances to win that fight. Then again, you know, Kamaru had chances to finish that fight, to end that fight. Remember, he knocked... In the second round, knocked Kobe down twice. Kobe, um, you know, that, he's a tough tough kid. I mean, not just because he shouts me down in public. Uh, very few, very few do that. Even Connor gave up on that. Um, he, he's a he's a tough kid. Like Dana said in post fight, if Kamar Usman doesn't exist, Kobe Covington is your champion. Mm-hmm. Dana said, you know, he's the second best in the world. You know, when I've run into Kobe, people don't know that. You know, it's not the first time we met on last Thursday. I run into him at the uh, Hard Rock Casino, Hotel and Casino, occasionally. I run into him at Heat, at heat Games. Um, in fact, I think I told you this. I ran into Colby two weeks after the first Horseman fight. Right, yeah, courtside. Because my, uh, the, my personal injury attorneys that I endorse, Anajar and Levine, they have beautiful floor seats. And I had them for a game, this Heat, and I don't even remember who. But three seats down was Colby and uh, Lil Pump. 
And so at halftime, uh, I walked over and kind of met in the middle. I said, what's up, man? He said, how are you? I said, how's your jaw? And he said, oh, no, thank God. I didn't, I didn't break it. Thank God. And he talked fine. His jaw looked fine. And I start to think like maybe just maybe he didn't break it because it certainly wasn't. It was two weeks after. So it wasn't wired. Um, so that's interesting. Kobe's a tough guy in a lot of ways, a tough guy. And his recovery was remarkable in that sense. Yeah, if he gets to take Kamar Usman down, you know, some of that old, was it Oklahoma State wrestling comes into play and you say, wait a minute, you know, things might be different, but we don't live in a world of if, you know, it is what it is. Usman is so patient and he is so calculating. People say, oh, it's boring, call him snoozeman, whatever. It's like, bro, all he does is win, 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 no matter what. You know, cue up the DJ Khaled on that. All he does is win. He's patient. He's smart. Kobe's tough. Um, I'd like to see not those guys fight again. I want to see Kobe and, uh, and Masvidal fight. And you know, now with Masvidal off 269, mm-hmm. I guess that's a possibility. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, what a difference that takedown defense makes or made. Kobe had a chance, though. I mean, he had a chance. You know, he won a couple rounds, but just didn't do enough where he needed to, to uh, you know, to get that decision. Yeah, so, well, I'll be really excited to see uh, Covington uh, Masvidal fight, but what's next for Kamaru Usman, the undisputed champion of his division? He ran through an entire division, went back for seconds. Who do you think is next for the champion? Do you think he's yeah. got any competitors? I mean, what, what do we do? Do we ask um, Hazmat to, to, you know, switch weight classes? Get the hazmat in there, Chimaev. Um, Colby sat down that same Super Bowl radio row. To be, oh my God, it'd be two years coming up at the end of January. And he sat down, and, and this was before um, Dana officially announced that uh, that fight was going to happen, um, you know, for fight week. And then obviously COVID canceled that. But, I, you know, I said, you know, who? And he said, GSP. And I said, huh? And he goes, yeah, the record GSP. And so when Dana sat down, Two days later, I said, Dana, you know, Usman sat in your seat. He says, dude, he, he's retired. He's not fighting. So what is next? That's a great question. What would we like to see or what do we believe? Those are two different things. I think we can all come up with a list of what we'd like to see. But as far as what we will see, these are business decisions. That's the thing I want people to remember. And I had to take someone to task the other day on Twitter because the guy's telling me about, oh, he deserves, he deserves. It's like, shut up. Everybody, you know, MMA geeks talk about, well, he hasn't earned it. He hasn't deserved it. Welcome. This is happening. It's not fair. It's not a meritocracy. It's a business. This is show business. They are going to put this person against this person in that location because of money. It's a publicly traded company. This is not high school sports. It's not for the love of competition. You know, oh, how come he gets to jump the line? Because it's business. And fight fans have to remember that more often. They have a tendency to say, think it's a meritocracy. Well, he hasn't earned it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Why did CM Punk get to jump the line? Idiots. So wrestling fans would come and watch and subscribe to ESPN Plus and then buy pay-per-views. You know, let's not, you know, let's not forget these are television shows to sell a streaming service and ultimately a pay-per-view once a month, right? So who we'll get and who we wish we would get, generally speaking, those are two different things. We hear Canelo's name getting tossed around by Usman a lot, but he did say post-fight that he wants to take some time off, spend time with his daughter, which is more than deserved for him. But last question before we let you go, are you surprised that Trevor Whitman's squad swept the board and went 3-0 on the night? No, that dude's a genius. He's, a, he's an excellent teacher. 
He's a tremendous communicator. He is like a smarter version of my Dean Thomas. <laughs> uh, Dean actually has this job now doing the coach's commentary during the big fights because Trevor's coaching all these champions. No, I mean, look, he's got good fighters and he's an excellent coach. He's an excellent communicator. Um, you know, and, and they buy in, they trust him. If he says do it, they do it. He says don't, they don't. So no, you can't be surprised. I mean, the man is, you know, the, the Bill Belichick right now, the, the, you know, the Nick Saban right now of like, just turns out champions, just, just championships after championships. Um, on, you know, either defending them uh, or, or getting them or, or soon to be as such. No, Trevor Whitman is a gem. Josh, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you so much for the time and for coming on one-on-one to speak with us about UFC 268. It was a pleasure to meet you the other week and hopefully I'll see you at the next event. Same guys. Thank you. Appreciate having me.